We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. everybody and welcome to another episode of the corner podcast this week's episode of the corner is brought to you by casper mattresses casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost you know me and andreas are always covering events we're always writing articles but when we do have time to sleep we lay our head down on a nice pillowy soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman. Everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is the, is the goods. I'm telling you right now. So listen, 
You can get $50 off of any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner, promo code T H E C O R N E R. Terms and conditions apply. What up, everybody? Welcome to another week of the Corner Podcast. Shout out to the sponsors. Like we said earlier, I'm Kel Dansby here with Andres Hale. You should know this. We've been here for two years now. If you are new, thanks for listening. Make sure you go back and listen to all the dope stuff we have before. But right now, we have to recap WrestleMania. We have to preview UFC 210 and talk about some good boxing that we have this weekend. And, you know, we throw a little bit of other stuff in there as well. Andres, where should we start? Um, you know, We usually start non-combat, right? So how hype are you for this Kendrick album? Are you sure it's a Kendrick album? I'm not. I mean, reports came out today. <laughs> then Complex apologized. But uh, what? What are we? Year two thousand? It's a compilation. Uh, nobody knows what it is. And it's it, I the mean, Dynasty. It better be an album. He's released two singles. I, I'm pretty confident that it's an album. We, I mean, that's that's the hope. It's just you don't. We don't know. We don't know. He tell everybody to get their shit together on, on uh, April seventh, and uh, he dropped Humble, and he dropped the Heart Part Four, which the Heart usually proceeds or comes right when an album's coming out but we don't know we don't know what's coming out so i don't know if it's an album great if it's not i'm fine with that too i don't you know i'm listening to this joey badass album right now well you know really dope. we don't know i have a hard time believing you don't know no nah, i don't they won't look man i mean Listen, full disclaimer you. everybody knows that i'm close with those guys <laughs> they won't tell me anything but i do I mean, I've text straight up. I text. It was like, yo, why y'all talking about Big Sean like that? And I just got an LOL. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I got. They, they're not going to tell me anything. They, they, I mean, the way the industry is nowadays, you can't really, when you're trying to keep something a secret, you really got to keep it a secret. And even though I've done stuff, I've, I've produced commercials for them. I've shot documentaries for them. I'm not in that camp. So they're not going to give up the goods to even somebody like me, um, unless I was in the studio with them. But other than that, they're not. They're not going to tell me. So, I don't know. I don't so you know. You gotta we'll wait see. like the rest of us. Yep, I have no advantages here. <laughs> That's hard to believe. First time ever. Um, another thing that we gotta touch on is a thing you guys did over at Two Dope Boys that I found was super dope, and we really didn't get to touch on it last week. But now the whole bracket played out. You guys did a March Madness style bracket for diss songs, and everyone voted. The fans voted. It was really close. At good. Uh, battles the entire way. How did no Vaseline win the whole damn thing? How does it not? Um, if, if you got to, all right, so we've gotten a lot of heat from this bracket, and not because yeah, of no Vaseline, <laughs> we get, but we got a lot of heat for Ether beating, uh, losing the takeover. That's where all the heat has come from. Um, not takeover for no Vaseline. Is better. Takeover is better. And I, and I will go to my grave with anybody that says Ether is better because people will say, well, like, the concept of a diss is now called Ether, but that doesn't make it a great diss track, right? Like That's like J- arguing like when you shoot a paper towel into the wastebasket, you say Kobe. So it's the best. He's the best ever. Or, you know, when you catch a ball over someone, it's called Mossed. So it, he automatically wins over Jerry Rice. Yeah, no, it's crazy how, how people look at it. And, you know, and when, in my write-up, I explained how we got here. And people were like, well, there were facts in ether but there's not a lot of facts in ether. there's a lot of accusations it's not facts jay-z was drilling prodigy and and uh nas with facts and what it did was made nas come out of this jiggy slumber that he had, he had been in with bullshit like uchi wally and become what he was supposed to be which is one of the best rappers ever 
and Ether and Stillmatic, all that followed because of Jay-Z. But if you look at TakeOver, the production was better. Jay-Z like was gut punching. You know, he, he sent a little feeler to Nas right when he finished dissing Prodigy. And then he went at Nas. And then he did it at Summer Jam with the, with the ballerina picture. I got the picture. <laughs> I seen it. Yo, that is one of the greatest diss tracks ever. Um, but your question, how did No Vaseline win? It goes a little something like this. When you look at the year 1991 and how big the world's most dangerous rap group was, which was N.W.A. And it was Ice Cube. And Ice Cube left on N.W.A. because of financial matters and was quiet. He put out America's Most Wanted. He put out the Kill It Will EP. Meanwhile, N.W.A. was taking shots at him for leaving. And people, it's, it's not the internet era, so nobody knew what was really going on. Like, you, you kind of wondered. But when No Vaseline came out, on the death certificate album, what the what he did was they never came back, and it was it wasn't even over for NWA, but they disbanded. They never came back, and it was and all he did was give them facts about their financial status, about moving to the suburbs, about having dinner with the president. There was no diss track on that level at that point in time, and there was no diss track that did more damage than No Vaseline. The only person who's coming close to that much damage was 50 Cent getting rid of Ja Rule. But other than that... And that was dirty. Yeah, and it was dirty. But, I mean, Ja Rule had kind of pretty much hung himself at that point by doing so much mainstream music that he was an easy target for somebody like 50 Cent. N.W.A. was still... Like, 100 Miles is running with people. People really still liked it. But they noticed that it was missing, like, the social conscious elements of Ice Cube. And if you if you go back to No Vaseline and listen just to the first 30 seconds of the sound bites that he grabs... Yo, he's obliterating them for for co- consistently through the entire song. Like even with Takeover, the first verse was just kind of like a warm up, and then he went in. Cube wasted no time giving it to everybody in NWA and Jerry Heller, and pissed everybody off. He didn't care. So yeah, to me and to the, the group, we we recognize it was the greatest diss track of all time. It did the most damage. It did what it was supposed to do, and they never could truly come back from that. They had to say, "Fuck it, he wins." <laughs> I, that's tough, man. That's tough. I mean, it might be my East Coast bias. Yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, it, it, let's it's, be it's it's rough. It's hard. Like to pick the best diss track ever is hard. Like I'm very partial to Commons the bitch in you. Like for for a lot, of, <laughs> like I'm very partial to that song because I felt like what he did as a, what was an underground rapper to somebody as big as Ice Cube and the West Side Connection with one song, it was brutal. Like, that was rough, what he did to Q. Like, having Farrakhan, having to step in, like, that was rough. I'm very partial to that. I'm also very partial to Cannabis' second-round knockout, because I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Cannabis murdered LL on that song. If it wasn't for his LL celebrity, he would have never came back from that shit. Because even that Rip the Jacker and all that other bullshit LL pulled Yeah, it was nowhere near as close. No, and I'm, and I'm partial to those particular songs, because as far as this record, if you take away the status and of who the artists are, those are like really hard hitting disses. I love Takeover, and I will go to my grave saying that that Jay Z burnt Nas up. I don't like. I thought Ether was cool. I've always thought Ether was overrated. I'm not a big fan of the Ron Browse production. I'm just the the disses felt juvenile. They felt out of Nas's element. It felt like he was doing something he's not built to do. But that's always going to be my argument. I can see why people go otherwise, but it was fun. You know, like we we knew we were going to get some shit from it. And because um, we because the fan vote was part of the collective vote and we were really like, damn, people were mad that hit him up, didn't win. But if you listen to hit him up, 
the outlaws really ruined that song. Yeah, they're like, trash. <laughs> like they, I mean, there there were there were lines and there was a lot of passion, but as a song, how many people really listen to hit him up? Like I still listen to No Vaseline because that shit was bumping. Like like that shit knocked and it was a diss track. Like like hit him up is not you quoted, but I don't know too many people riding around listening to it. Against all odds, might be a little bit harder than that when you really think about it. But you know. People's opinions. It's what it is. What it is. Now, I, f- I mean, I forgot even about hit 'em up because that's widely considered the best diss track ever. But it's, it's just so disrespectful so early that it makes you forget how bad it is throughout the entire song. Yeah, like after the you know fuck your bitch and the click you clean, like all I fucked your fat, I fucked your bitch, you fat. Like after all of that, it kind of dries up, and then the end is like <laughs> that. Shows like know, WrestleMania I, this year, which we'll yeah, talk exactly. about. It, which we'll talk about. It's really dope early. Yeah, <laughs> you just carry it through. Like most people can quote like dope diss records. I don't know anybody that's going get out the way, yo, get out the way. Like nobody's doing that. Or EDI means first. Like it was dry, man. Like hit him up was dope. Like if it was just Pac, it would probably might have won. But I don't even know if he had that much. Like he gave up so much ammo in that first verse. It was like damn. <laughs> well, that's he most of the left. song with the outlaws. If you're like, yo, if this is just Pac, it'd be pretty fucking dope. Yeah, it would, but it is what it is. We'll we'll have more tournaments. We thought of this idea like a while ago, and we we're like, all right, we're gonna do more of these. But people were pissed, rightfully so. That's what we do these things for. We don't do them to make everybody happy. You know, you have a vote. Your voice matters when to break ties and stuff like that. But it is still our bracket. So it's like, come on, man. <laughs> like you, you guys can't have every word and everything that we do. So it is what it is. Understood. Now we can quiet the people who are wondering, like, yo, how does that win? I saw someone online didn't have it in their top five. Yeah, that's that's bananas. Yeah, but you never know with the people. Um, let's talk about what we come here to talk about, man. Combat sports. We have UFC 210, uh, and we're starting off with UFC because there's so much pro wrestling to talk about. WrestleMania and the fallout and the Raw after Mania that it deserves its own segment all the way at the end. So you guys know where to find the wrestling. UFC first. 210 headline by DC and Rumble Johnson, part two. Um, let's go up, what, I'd say the main card and just give our predictions. Yeah, we can talk We can talk about it a little in depth. Yeah, yeah. I've been talking about it all day. Like, people have been asking me about <laughs> this. This is weird, but it, all right. No, it's actually a really good card. I mean, Chris Weidman needs this win. Because you, you go from undefeated to three-fight losing streak. Life comes at you fast. But Musasi is, I don't, he's the hottest guy in the division. How do you look at anyone else and say that they're better than him? I, I don't know. Um, Pearl Gonzalez, only thing I know is that she's hot. <laughs> Yo, she posted something on Twitter today. And shout out to Mike the Truth Jackson for alerting me to the sexiness. Woo! She's fuego. Yeah, uh, we did a piece on her today uh, over at Champions on who is Pearl Gonzalez. And people were just like, yeah, who is Pearl Gonzalez? And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, this she, is going to be rough. She caught fire. <laughs> <laughs> um... And then we have Tiago Alvarez, Alves, excuse me, versus uh, Patrick Cote. Should be a good fight. Yeah, stand and bang. Nobody's going to the ground of that one. So I'm predicting somebody's going to get knocked out. But yeah, and then Will Brooks versus Oliveira. He needs once again. He's just he's always been a boring fighter, kinda. It, it takes his opponent to drag excitement out of him. Yeah, I mean, Will Brooks has never been truly exciting. He does what he does. Um, unfortunately, the Alex Oliveira fight, you know, Alex came in like 20 pounds over and broke his rib. So 
there's not a lot to take away from that. Charles Oliveira, on the other hand, he should be able to manipulate this guy and, and beat him. Um, yeah, and but we'll see. Him out or something. Yeah. Uh, Miles Jury actually headlines Fox Sports One card. Yeah, the return of Jury. Um, yeah, Mike Delatore should be fun. I mean, this is a, a a good. It's a good card. It's not like nothing on here jumps out at me. Your boy Patrick Cummins is on here. Oh my so we god, definitely got to watch him <laughs> against Jan Blackwich, which you know I'm we'll never see what happens. Cummins again ever. That was your guy. Early in the podcast, that that was your guy. I told you get murdered, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, you know, you hit some, you hit some, you miss some. So look, let, let's because honestly, people, I don't think people even care what we predict on the other card. Let's talk straight. Let's go straight into the co-main event with Gay Guard and Chris Weidman. Okay, and I want to start it with this. I think we are reading way too much into Chris Weidman's losses and far, far too much into Gay Guard Musasi's wins. Because their re- resumes aren't even close. I mean, but one was a champion. So what do you... I mean, when you're a champion, of course, you're going to face the best in the world. That's how it works for champions. Yeah, but um, I mean, even if you look at those fights... like, like let's, We'll talk about Romero first. Before he got knocked out, the fight was competitive. It wasn't like Weidman was getting dragged. He got caught with a flying knee by a guy who hasn't lost. Yeah. Okay, shit happens. Luke Rockhold, who's been anointed by most as the most complete fighter in the middleweight division and the heir to Anderson Silva's thrones when he was in strike force. And he's beaten Jacare. So, and that fight was competitive until Luke Rockhold basically uh, took him down and destroyed him. With, I think it was the third round of that fight. Fourth. So, it should have ended fourth, in the okay. third. But yeah, you're right. He destroyed him in the third, it. finished him in the fourth. Yeah. So, but it was two fights that were relatively competitive. Before that, you know, Wyman destroyed Vitor Belfort. He had a, you know, he had a tough fight with Leo Machida. Um, Anderson Silva wins. Then, you know, not, then we flip over to Gegard Musasi, and everybody's like, Gegard's so hot right now, like Hand Handel from from fucking Zoolander. But <laughs> he he lost to Uriah Hall, which everybody seems to completely forget. Well, he just yeah. washed Uriah Hall too, though. But yeah, but he but who is Uriah Hall? Like, who's Uriah Hall beat? He watched Vitor Belfort, who's basically been through everybody's rinse cycle the past year and a half. Then there was Tiago Santos. Who? And who was that? Uh, uh, ladies. Damn. Ladies. Talos Leites. Talos Leites, who fought Anderson Silva many, many years ago and has never been the same. That's um, Gegard's recent resume. Yeah, 2015, <laughs> knocks out Dan Hendo. But that was I before mean, old man resurgent Hendo. Yeah, so it's like... And then he lost to the Jacare and Leoto. So we look at it as, like, Weidman is the underdog at a lot of sports books. I think that is fucking bizarre. Because I think if Weidman gets this fight to the ground, he's going to have a very strong chance of beating Gegard Musasi. Musasi's been good, but he's been beaten by the likes of guys like King Mo. I mean, I'm not, he's not having a Robbie Lawler surgeons, resurgence. I don't see that. Maybe I'm completely miscalculating how good the Dutch kickboxer is and the former Dream and Strikeforce champion is. But I just don't see how he's the favorite against a guy like Weidman, who is also going to be much bigger than – well, I don't want to say no, much bigger. No, I mean, Masasi's big, fought big dudes before. He fought dudes well, yeah, in, you know, fought currently in the 205. I <laughs> mean, the dude's fought – he's fought everybody. I just – this fight, I'm picking Chris Weidman. And I don't have any qualms if Gegard wins, but I just don't see how people think that Weidman's such an underdog in this fight. I don't I think he's think. that overmatched. I just – Musasi has just hit his stride. And sometimes in MMA, you hit your stride. So he, here's he my hit question. His stride, I, I'm picking him to win. If, if Chris Wyman fought the same guys that Gegard Musasi fought, you think he watched them too? 
Yeah, because he's watched okay. half of them already. <laughs> that's but that's that's what I'm saying. It's like we're putting so much stock into Wyman. He needs this win. Yes, but confidence and momentum is real. It's it's it is real, and we don't know how it affects you mentally, and that that is all very true. I'm just saying, like this this catching fight, like dude, he's beating guys he's supposed to beat, and he's lost to Uriah Hall. Who loses to Uriah Hall? Like he lost. He got caught with a spinning back kick in the face. You like, need in I, the face, by the way. I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm just very, <laughs> I, I, I'm going with Weidman. I just, I have to say because I've done a lot of interviews with people who have asked me about, you know, Gagar, Gagar, Gagar being on this role, being this mouthpiece. To be, and I'm just like, dude, y'all are really just counting on Chris Weidman like he's a nobody. I don't see it. I think Weidman's going to win this fight, but you know, we'll see. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, it's going to be close. And it might be wrong to count out Chris Wyman. Maybe he just honestly lost to, what, two of the top three guys in the world? Yeah, in the, in the division for sure. And definitely two guys better than the champion, if you ask me. So what am I going to say to that? Just bad luck. And he was in both fights, like you said, for, for a while. Um, he had a chance to win the last fight before the knee. If he oh, lands yeah. that takedown and he doesn't get knee to the face KO, I know it's a lot of ifs, but he gets that takedown, fight over. He wins that round. And it was 1-1. And yeah, he's Romero looking just, for Bisping. Yeah, Romero just blew his face up. But you're, you're picking Musashi, so you're, you're cool with that. I am. I'm picking him. <laughs> I'll, I'll go unanimous decision. Split wouldn't surprise me either. Um, main event, DC versus Rumble 2. In the first one, I picked DC. I picked DC against John Jones in his first fight. Um, DC is the ultimate grinder. To me, he's the second best fighter in the UFC. Um, damn, he's the second best light heavyweight of all time. All time, already, he's only lost to the best man to ever grace an octagon, and mm. everyone else he's defeated, heavyweight and light heavyweight. So it's tough. It's tough. But you know what? It's time for Rumble. Power, power's gonna win out. Rumble's gonna knock him out, and DC at thirty nine is gonna reevaluate himself. He might fight again. He might not. Um, I don't know. I I think he might be comfy just being an analyst. This is a really, really. There's only two outcomes: is Rumble knocks him out early, or Rumble loses. That's really it. There's no, there's no, no, there's no Rumble. Yeah, there's no Rumble losing by decision. I mean, going to decision, winning by decision. That's not happening. There's no Rumble with a fourth round knockout because Rumble, if you look at his record, he never knocks anybody out late. It's always quick because once you get a taste of that power, either you either you survive and beat him or you die. So it's just one of two things. Cormier, the last fight, he survived. So we got to wonder, not much has changed. I mean, people are looking at this fight like, you know, DC's older. But he's the same guy. So is Rumble. He's the same guy. All the people talk about all these changes that Rumble has had in camp. He hasn't actually done any of these things that he's talked about. How can he? He's knocking guys out in like five minutes, in less than five minutes. Gustafson mauled. Uh, Glover Teixeira got beat down in a heartbeat. It's like... Nothing has changed. So really all Cormier has to do is weather whatever the storm is to win Make this fight. Make it out the first round. That's it. I don't be- nobody believes in Anthony Johnson's cardio. Anthony Johnson doesn't believe in Anthony Johnson's cardio. <laughs> like he doesn't waste any time. I don't think this is going the distance. No matter what happens, if, even if Rumble gasses, Cormier will finish him. Because Rumble, he's just he has a hard time with guys on the ground. You go all the way back to the Josh Kostic fight when he was fighting at welterweight, which is so fucking hard to believe. But he doesn't win decisions. And Cormier, I don't think 
he's going to give Anthony a lot of chances to get to his feet because he knows the sooner he ends this match, the better. Because at any time, Rumble can knock you out. He's probably the best one-shot kill artist in MMA. So that being said, I I have a hard time picking against Cormier. And I picked against him last time. Um, so but I'm flip-flopping. It, it's, I've been going back and forth all week. I, I'm, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pick DC for the simple fact that I think he can avoid that onslaught. And I think he's smart enough to get away from the, those punches and kicks and take him down. Um, but dude, all it takes is one. Uh, all it really takes is one from biggest hands I've ever seen on someone. I, I mean, dude, I shook Bigfoot a- Silva's hand once, and I was like, damn, that's a big ass paw that guy has. And then I met Rumble, and I was like, nah. This is a hand. Like, yo, his knuckles have knuckles. Son, he fought as a welterweight. I don't know how many times, like, and if you <laughs> hadn't, like, I covered his fights where he fought as a welterweight and interviewed him. And I was like, how does this man make, how do you make this weight? Like, this is impossible. Because I would see him after fights and he'd be like 220 pounds. Like, he's dying in there. So he's where he's supposed to be. But I don't know. I'm picking Cormier to win, but I want DC to win. I mean, I I want Rumble to win because I want Rumble to fight John Jones. I think he knocks out John Jones. (laughs) It's it's very possible. Like, John, I think John has a much harder time with Rumble than anybody else. And strictly because John does get hit. And I think he will get hit in that fight. So we'll see. Uh, But I'm going, I'm going to pick. DC because it's hard to pick against a guy who has only lost to John Jones. Yes, and if we get a flash knockout by Rumble, that means we probably get the John Jones fight at UFC 213, fresh off the suspension. Very possible. Very, very possible. If this shit goes five rounds, DC is not going to be rehabbed in time to take that fight. No. Which which should be super whack. So Rumble, it's all on you, guy. Let's go. Let's make it happen. Let's get the fresh matchup. Bring it to Vegas so we can have Shake Shack and enjoy a good KO. Um, other things to talk about in MMA, though. We, we have just two other things to touch on before we go to break. One is GSP making it to UFC 213. Are we seeing him in Vegas? Mm, I don't know, man. I mean, as time progresses, uh, I need to take... I need to find somebody over at Asada and see if he's, you know, entered protocol and is doing everything he's supposed to do. I'm sure that news is out there. I just haven't been paying enough attention. Um... I don't see how he does it. I, I mean, you've, it's not like you need more time. You've He's been had gone nothing from, but time. Yeah, yeah like you, you've done nothing else, right? Like, what else do you need to do? You need another month? Dude, it's International Fight Week. It's the biggest card for the UFC in terms of something that comes every single year. And they want to headline it with a big fight. They've already added Robbie Lawler and uh, Cowboy Cerrone, which is going to be ridiculous. So you got to cap it off with this fight. I just don't see... What else needs to happen? So, uh, I don't know, man. If GSP backs out, just, dude, cut him. Let him go. <laughs> put a belt or something. They put uh, Mr. Rousey on the card today, too, to get knocked yeah, out. Yeah, I saw Travis Brown. The reports have come in. I don't care. Yeah, like, man, he's just not going to have babies, okay? Just just right. walk away, my man. She's made enough. Put a ring on it. Take half when she divorces you. That, that, that's, that's quality quality advice right there. Something he doesn't get from his train. It's true. Uh, the last thing to touch on, King Mo. Oh, yeah. This guy man. had one hell of a weekend. 
Yeah, he went and bought, fought Fat Rampage, beat Fat Rampage, hopped on a flight, was hanging out at WrestleMania weekend. Didn't even go to WrestleMania. Went to all the indie shows. Killing it on the indie circuit. King Mo has a future in indie wrestling. I will go that far. Like, four years from now, King Mo's not fighting anymore. No, he's not. I don't think he's wrestling. And I, I just know that because I know him. And he's talked about how difficult it is to learn wrestling. Like, he wants to because if people remember – he signed that deal with TNA years ago really? when he signed with Bellator, and he was supposed to wrestle. I think Tito Ortiz was supposed to do the same thing. It's a very difficult transition. He gives a lot of props, props to Matt Riddle because Matt Riddle's made that, that transition very successfully. But for him, I don't know. I don't Maybe know. You even I look like at a guy like Lashley. Yeah, Lashley's been the does both at I mean, the same damn time. Yeah, but he fights bums. You know, it's not like he's fighting Listen, a league You can fight anyone. <laughs> I don't care. You know, it's don't it. fight the guy at the Walmart down the block. It ain't easy. No, it's you not ever easy been in an easy fight? I'm sure. I mean, no. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. Daniel Cormier says he's been in an easy fight against Anderson Silva. Whatever that means. He always got his face kicked off twice, trying to give yeah. the fans what they want. Yeah, it, I mean, that shit wasn't easy. No, it wasn't. He made it very but, difficult. But yeah, King Mo. I mean, you know, he went to the ROH show, which we'll talk about. Um, Watching the Young Bucks and uh, the Hardys. The Hardys, like, well, not the last indie match. Apparently, they're having more indie matches, which is cool. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the guy just lived it up, man. I, I mean, to plan to be in a fight, right, and to say, he's not going to hurt me. I'm going to go hang out this weekend. Like, it's, when people, <laughs> it's like the same thing when people say when they promote, because this happens in Vegas all the time, and I'm sure it happens in other cities. After the fight, you see, oh, Conor McGregor is going to be hosting the nightclub. Well, what if he gets the fuck beat out of him? They don't show up then. King Mo, he he has flight arrangements. He told me, he was like, yo, I'm getting on a flight and I'm going to be at WrestleMania weekend. And he kicked it. Unmarked. <laughs> he did what he had to do. <laughs> I was wondering. I was like, yo, King Mo's wrestling a lot in this last round. He was like, nah, I got you know, a flight after this. I can't be messing up my face. We're not standing and, and trading right now. I got exactly. wrestling to see. <laughs> No, um, all right, so let's take a break. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We have boxing talk for our middle segment. And like we said, everything pro wrestling in the last segment. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Listen up. Because we need help putting out the show that you love for free every week, giving it free to the people, now we know nobody likes filling out surveys, but we really need you to do it. It won't take you more than five minutes. And besides helping out the show, you'll be entered for a chance to win a $100 iTunes gift card. You know what I can do with $100 on iTunes? I'm living life large on iTunes with that. And you guys get that just for helping us out. We know some of you may have already done surveys like this in the past, but we really need you to log in and fill this thing out as accurately as possible. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, once we know more about you, we'll be able to deliver the show and the sponsors you dream about. Finding sponsors who are a good fit means we're going to give you the deals and information the brands you care about while keeping this show free to enjoy every week. Free to enjoy every week. It means you don't have to pay to subscribe for nothing. All right. And if you don't care about helping us and making the show better, do it for the chance to win a free iTunes or Amazon.com gift card. Right? You know, like, do it for free. Do it for the gifts. And if there's not, you know, just think about it. If there's not that many of you doing it, there's a better chance to win. So please, do us this solid and go to thecornersurvey.com. Once again, that's thecornersurvey.com. Do that. Keep the lights on for us. Let us cater to what you need. You know, you can tell us what you like and what you don't like, and then we can keep it all funky and knock this thing out. I know the Corner Club got our back. You guys are going to fill out that survey. We're going to get more ads. 
we're going to be bringing you this for free for a long, long time. So shout out to y'all. What's up, everybody? We are back. Once again, thanks for taking that survey. It means a lot to us. We have to talk boxing. We were both just at the gym with Sean Porter and his dad, Kenny, friends of the podcast, um, watching him train. Look good. Look sharp. Looks like he's ready for Birdo. Yeah, I mean, of course. He's going to beat the shit out of Birdo. Sorry, Birdo. If you, even if you have people listening, I, I don't care. You're not <laughs> going to win this fight. Um, Sean Porter, it, he's a tough out, man. He's lost two fights that a lot, a lot of people think he didn't lose. Kell Brook and uh, Keith Thurman. So, yeah, this is, this is a showcase for Sean Porter. He needs to look good. He can't. I mean, I asked Kenny if you'd be satisfied without a knockout, and he kind of beat around the bush, but they know they have to get Birdo out of there. If they want any chance of fighting Keith Thurman again, they're going to have to get Birdo out of there. They have, to, they have to force people to want to see that fight, and you're not doing that if you win a decision against Andre Birdo. No, nah, it's the statement fight, and uh, I expect him to go out there and make the statement. Birdo is just, at this point, I, I don't know what he's doing in his career. He's a name. He's a name on the resume, right? He's been through a lot, man. I mean, you know, he had the shoulder surgery. I've never, ever thought Andre Berto was that good. He's always been a miniature version of Jeff Lacey. Lacey, for boxing fans who remember Jeff Lacey before he ran to Joe Calzaghe, who beat the shit out of him. <laughs> he's very, he's one, he does one thing very well, which is come forward and throw hands. He doesn't fight very well backwards. He's not a very good defensive fighter. He tried to implement his shoulder roll, and I can't remember what fight it was. It might have been Victor Ortiz, and he got dragged for it. So he's a decent fighter. And he's when he's on the offensive, he's good. But I remember you fought uh, Colazzo several years back, and I picked Colazzo to win. And I was at uh, Royce of Five Nine's manager's house, who both of them are big boxing fans. Keno? Like, yeah, Keno. <laughs> I've known Keno for years. I, mean, I used to go when I lived in New York. I used to go over Keno's house to watch fights, and we just talked. And I went. I remember going over there, and he was like, "Who you picking?" And I was like, "Colazzo." He was like, "Over Berto?" I was like, "Yeah." Now this is when Colazzo was during a rough patch in his career. But I was like, "Dude, Berto's not good." Berto ended up winning that fight, but he didn't look good winning that fight, right? So, yeah, Sean Porter should ball him. That's what it's supposed to be. You put the name on your resume, you get back into the thick of things at 147, which is pretty top-heavy because Errol Spence is also fighting Kell Brook in a couple weeks. So you got to get your name in the mix, man. You can't be out here looking like, oh, well, he just got by Andre Berto. You got to beat the shit out of him. That's your goal. Yeah, I mean, you got to work your way up somewhere. If not, you know, he was, he stuck with just no title and having to face like a Danny Garcia or something. Um, which, which isn't a horrible – yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not a horrible option. I'm just saying, like, it's not prime time chasing a belt, like, against Keith Thurman. So he doesn't want a lateral step. It's time to take forward steps. Um, what else do we have this weekend? We have Lomachenko and, versus Sosa. Well, this this is going to be ugly, people. If you want to watch a showcase, go ahead and watch Lomachenko versus Sosa and watch Lomachenko beat the brakes off of Sosa. <laughs> yeah, he, like, put the chalk outline up. Yeah, like Lomachenko is in a position now where he's so good that he can't take fights like this. He just can't. He needs to fight the best of the best. He's but, too good. Yeah, but he has to stay active too if they don't no, want to fight him. So he does. But it's just, Triple it's G just, was like this two years ago. You'd be like, yo, he's fighting in Morocco? Yeah, well, yeah he wants to stay busy. Yeah, it's just it's, like, let me just knock someone out. It's just with Loma, it's like Sosa's a guy. At least like with Triple G, he was fighting guys to get belts. Like Loma needs to do the same. So. Um, but this this will be ugly. The only other thing we really have to not even really to talk about is Manny Pacquiao signed his fight with Jeff Horn. So like, what does that mean for everybody else? 
Does anybody um, care? No. I mean, it's going to be in Australia, I'm assuming. Yes, it's in Australia. It's yeah. a Manny Pacquiao's farewell tour. Yeah. No, um, no, I don't care about that. They're going to have to fight at like 8 a.m. for us to watch it. I'm good. Well, it'll, it'll be – they'll time it with American television. And Pacquiao's side wants to make sure it's on free television. I have no idea how they go about pulling that off. So, I mean, I don't care about Jeff Horn. I don't care about this fight. I don't care about Manny Pacquiao. Um, but those who do, yeah, just, I guess, keep your eyes peeled because there's going to be an announcement about television, perhaps. Because if it's on pay-per-view, I, it might as well be like 20 bucks. Nobody cares about this fight. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not paying for that. Um, we had another announcement, Ward versus Kovalev. Ah, yes, the rematch. The rematch uh, here at the Mandalay Bay, which really upset me because that means we don't get food vouchers. And nah, man, no, we probably get, probably get the Mayweather special. Which uh, is no, I feel like Mandalay Bay always comes through with like the hot dog hamburger platter. Or the pot. I mean, look, look people are like, what are y'all talking about? <laughs> Yo, media is, food is real. <laughs> yeah. The, so media, once you're in Vegas, you get in this cycle where you know what's being served, depending on who's fighting. The thing about the T-Mobile Arena, which is fantastic, is there's no like kitchen or anything. So you get ticket vouchers and you get to eat what's in the arena. And we get $30 worth of Shake Shack. And Every time. Like, Free 99 yeah, people say, well, how do you spend $30 at Shake Shack? Look, it's an arena. If you've been to like a football game, you know the shit is expensive. But we find ways. We're, we're very creative with our vouchers, and we find ways to get everything that we want. I By the way, if you vouchers. ever get vouchers, always bring like $5 in singles with you. Yeah. So you, you don't can... have to double up and buy $30 worth of stuff in one trip. Because you'll end up wanting like $17 worth of something and spending two vouchers, and you just be whack for the whole night. When you can you just like bring two shakes. extra, yeah, you just buy, bring two extra dollars. You get the shake, the fries, and the burger. Okay, so we're, we've gone off. Yeah, yeah, listen, media food is a real ass subject. We got to school yeah. people. You never know, people on might be listening to podcasts with aspirations to do what we do for a living. Well, y'all let us know if you care, and we'll talk about more of the ins and outs of being covering media fights. Because I don't know if you guys really give a shit that much, but if you do, we'll talk about it more. Uh, um, more so let's left, though the matchup. I mean, it's going to play out like the first fight to me. It's Kovalev was bigger and stronger, had the fast start, and Ward is smaller, quicker, and has the endurance. So it's now just a matter of when does Kovalev gas? I don't see it that way. And, but, and this is why. I think, me personally, I think Ward figured out Kovalev, so I don't think it's going to start the same See, way. I thought it was the fatigue. I didn't think he figured him out. I think he just wore him out. And the body yeah. punches and the holding, he leaned on a bigger guy. No, nah, I mean, if you look at the, the, the slight adjustments that he did make, you, you, you watch his foot. Like, I watched the fight, like, twice. And I watched little things that Ward did. Like, he does little things like Floyd Mayweather does to take away and make sure that he doesn't find himself in positions where he's going to get caught. I think that'll happen again in this fight. It's really going to be up to Kovalev to do something different because Ward basically saw everything that Kovalev had. Not to say that Kovalev's seen everything Ward has or, or Ward even put it all out there. But when, you, when you're as an offensive fighter as Kovalev is, and he's a very good boxer, but he's known as a slugger, a boxer-puncher, um, there's not too many dynamics to your game. So what can you do different? How can you set up the right hand differently? Like how can you, can you go to the body? I don't know if Kovalev can make those adjustments. I'm pretty confident that Andre Ward can. And I'm picking Andre Ward to win the rematch. 
Um, and I picked Kovalev to win the first fight, and I thought it was a draw, which I thought people who said it was a robbery, that was ridiculous. It wasn't a robbery. It was a close fight. Um, but, yeah, I, just, I don't see it playing out the same way. I think Ward comes in and tries to figure out what Kovalev has early. I don't think Kovalev drops Ward in the rematch either. I think, I think Ward is just smarter than that. Um, yeah, I don't think he drops him, but I think he beats him. I think he outpoints him. And then I'm here for the trilogy. How's it going to be a trilogy? If what Ward's you, up to nothing. No, Ward's not going to win. Kovalev. Oh, you're thinking Kovalev. Kovalev oh. Tal Poino. Yeah. Okay. Technically, Kovalev won the first fight. I saw it with my two eyes. My eyes don't lie to me. It's, uh, it is what it is. Kovalev won the first fight. He got, you know, he got robbed. It's time for him to get that back. Um, the Mandalay should be easier to pack. We'll see if, you know, this brings out more fans. Because the last, the last one, we did have heavy criticisms. Because it was underpromoted people yeah. barely knew and then it was a good fight when it came on and people were like oh look how dope that is it's like yeah but you guys didn't know it was on until like three hours ago yeah they'll have to do a lot they'll have to do something different with the promoting and i, I still for the life of me can't figure out why jay-z is not more involved in the marketing or some some way like you beyonce put him in a video put andre ward in a music video do something take him you gotta, to hot 97 do something just walk yeah. him in the door he's just got to be you know, more visible. Because, again, I've said it a million times about Ward. He's a great fighter, but nobody cares about him because they don't see him enough. Yo, Triple and, G is on the Breakfast Club. Andre Ward can't get in the building. And, dude, and I know Charlamagne would love to have Ward because Charlamagne's a big boxing fan. And he'd love to talk to Andre Ward. I'm not sure if that's ever happened. I have a feeling it has happened. But for this fight, you have to go that route. Andre Ward is essentially the number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world right now. Yeah, and so he's he's got to be more visible. He speaks English. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Um, we can't get off of this subject without mentioning your favorite fight of the year. Uh, you have your fingers and toes crossed to see this fight: McGregor versus Mayweather. Connor started training. Can I don't you can care. you feel it in the air? No. Can you feel I, the icy breath of this fight breathing on your neck? No, look, dude. People got up in arms because there was a whole date. For what was that? The the tenth tenth for June tenth, and I told everybody these holds are arbitrary. They happen all the time. Mayweather Pacquiao had a billion dates held. It means nothing. Mayweather's a promoter. All he can say is, "Hey, Nevada State Athletic Commission, I'm putting in a, a, a bid. I want to hold this arena." And they go for what? For a fight? And they go, "Okay." And then they announce. Then if you go to the commission meetings, they tell you. There's a potential hold on such and such a date for by Mayweather promotions. And people are like, oh, that's Mayweather McGregor. No, it wasn't. It was just something to keep you guys talking. If you haven't paid attention, Mayweather's just going to keep this shit going because he <laughs> has to. If, if the fight does come to fruition, it's because Mayweather has forced the hand of everybody involved to make sure this fight happens. But it, it costs him nothing to stay busy by booking arenas, setting up dates, sending contracts, making phone calls, claiming he's offered $30 million. Like, he'll do all of these things. But like I said, that was arbitrary. As soon as Kovalev War got booked, because I knew it was getting booked, I said it. That fight's not going to happen. You need at least a three-month tour to promote this fight. They got to do a a big-ass media tour. They're not doing that shit in two months, plus training. Mayweather's not even in the – I mean, I'm sure he's training, quote-unquote. I'm sure because he stays in shape. But he's not – doing anything this fight's not happening in this summer y'all shut the fuck up and chill out <laughs> well aren't you just mr positivity 
I'm just being honest, <laughs> man. Like these things don't happen quickly, and this is a this is something that could drag out for unfortunately another year. They'd be smart if they find a way to do it before the end of the year, but there's just a lot going on to make this fight happen. And I would like to point out that you have come a long way because you know just a couple months ago you said this shit was never happening. No, I I, I mean I'm still like seventy thirty. Like, like there's only thirty percent of me that believes it happened. The reason why is there is legitimate public interest, and it's a dumbass fight, and it's an easy way for Floyd to make money. And the the main reason why I think this fight will happen, and, and not even I don't think it'll happen. The main reason why the thirty percent it came from zero percent is because WME IMG is hurting, and the UFC needs something to jumpstart them. There's no interest in UFC 210. There's no interest in UFC 212. 211, Dallas should be pretty interesting. But there's no real genuine mainstream interest in the UFC without Conor McGregor or Ronda Rousey fighting. And that's just fact. So you got two stars and that's it. And it's like they bought a lemon. They, like the Fertitas sold them the farm and then Ronda got dragged and then Conor was like, I'm going to box. So you're put in a position where you need to bring interest to your sport. So... Maybe then you do take the step aside money and let Showtime and Mayweather Promotions and Al Heyman produce this thing. You like you get your cut and you move out, and then you wait to see what happens because if May if McGregor stays on his feet for twelve rounds, he wins. So it's like, not nah, he doesn't win the fight. I was gonna say figuratively. <laughs> yeah, figured not literally. He's not getting but, knocked out though. Floyd's not gonna knock him out. He's not gonna he, engage. Eh, we'll see. Um, but that yeah. So I've come. I've come. A long what way is, if it's very possible. Connor lands the punch. He won't. <laughs> I mean, okay, you can't. I was, I was just seeing if you were going to finally give it. It just, dude. How can you can't embarrass somebody by saying, "Dude, you fought the best fighters in your world. You've been the best, one of the best fighters in the world for a minimum of ten years, a maximum of twenty years. You've been in this sport. No professional athlete has been on top of their game longer than Floyd Mayweather has. You mean to tell me a dude from another sport's going to beat him?" Come on, man. It's not going to happen. Just don't work like that. <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you, man. We have these conversations all the time. Like, can Alabama football beat the Cleveland Browns? It's like, no. And Floyd Mayweather, for all purposes, is, the, is like the New England Patriots. So, yeah, it's just, it's odd to think about, but there's always a chance. That's what I'm, one day you're going to say that. There's always a chance. And if McGregor wins, you're going to lose your damn mind. It won't happen, but yeah, have fun. <laughs> I mean, you guys have like, dude, Randy Couture, James Tony. People are like, James Tony is a puncher's chance, not against Randy Couture, but you guys bought into that shit. I don't buy into shit like that. I just look at the fight for what it is. It's a boxing match, something that Conor McGregor has never really done. Like, he's not, dude. Come on, <laughs> just cut it out. Well, we're gonna go to break. It's time to talk wrestling. So right after. This last word from the sponsors. We're going to be back. We got WrestleMania to recap, some Mania weekend, uh, indie shows, NXT, the Raw after Mania, SmackDown after Mania, NXT weekly again. So much wrestling. My mind's on Jesus. overload. So quick break. We'll be right back to talk all of that with you guys. All right, everybody. Before we continue to talk more combat sports, we got to give another thanks to Casper Mattresses. Casper mattresses combine two technologies, springing latex foam and supportive memory foam to create an award-winning sleep surface. Have y'all ever slept on memory foam? It's like floating on air. It's that great. 
and this is how we get our sleep. So you guys make sure that you check it out. Casper mattresses are made in the USA and have free shipping and returns to the US and Canada. Shout out to the great north. You can buy your Casper mattress easy online and it's completely risk free. Look, dude, you spend like a third of your life sleeping, and Casper understands the importance of trying out a mattress before you commit. Look, so if you aren't satisfied with the Casper mattress, you got a 100-day period. Yeah, that's right, 100 days. You know, like, 100 days of sleeping, by, by about that time, I think I know if I like my mattress. So get a Casper mattress for $500 for a twin or $950 for a king size, and you can save an additional $50 towards your Casper mattress by going to casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's Casper.com backslash the corner. Promo code the corner to save $50 towards your Casper purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Look, again, man, I like to sleep, and these things are for real. What up, everybody? Welcome back. Thank you guys for listening to the sponsors. You guys need a mattress. You guys know where to go. Um, man, I'm, I might need a new mattress after this conversation because I'm be tired because we're talking so much wrestling that I don't even know where to start. I mean, I feel like we got to go in chronological order all the way through, right? Yeah. So, ROH, we'll do ROH first. Bucks versus Hardys, ladder match. Did you like it? Did you not like it? I watched it live. Oh, I thought it was amazing. I don't think it was the best ladder match. I, th- I still think Ladder War um, from the, I think it was Final Battle pay-per-view is better. But I thought it was an amazing match. Um, is that where Daniels the- damn near lost his life? Yeah, yeah, everybody <laughs> died that match. That 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 match was ridiculous. Ladder War was ridiculous. That was so much blood. <laughs> yeah, but um, this was a this was damn good. This was a really good match, and and I mean, watching it in retrospect because I didn't watch it till when did I watch it? I watched it that morning. You can kind of tell that the I watched it after WrestleMania. So after watching it, you were like, oh yeah, they're going to WWE after this. Um, but dude, it was exactly what people wanted. They filled up that place. So many people to see that that tag team match. Yeah, man, it delivered. It definitely delivered. Yeah, the ROH card as a whole, I was kind of like, ah, it's a little lackluster. Um, mm, I mean, I mean I, the Jay Lethal I, I match was okay. I like the Lethal match. I, I thought him and Cody did more than I expected in a bull rope match. Bull rope I, match. There were some good spots. You know, holding the rope isn't easy, by the way. Carrying no. that damn rope around and doing actual spots. The Lethal injection was cool. They just don't have chemistry yet really i mean they're, they're solid i think cody is le- really adapted to the indie style i think he's looked pretty good i mean obviously you guys if you know me marty scroll versus adam cole was i love that match oh it's um, a good match aside from cole botching the um, tombstone um twice but uh <laughs> we had a <laughs> that was, was like a, a theme for the weekend yeah, yeah. <laughs> running theme but i thought like Skrull looked excellent in that match and you know he picked up the victory but then it leaves you wondering is adam cole heading to the big time now his twitter might lead you to think that i don't think so i think there's still a lot of work for him to do in the indie scene i think it's, it's a tease but maybe 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 we've seen the last adam cole as a uh, independent wrestler yeah i <laughs> you know what I, I think he's ready for nxt nxt could use you know new guys we will talk about that the people moving up so there's nothing but opportunity in nxt right now yeah, there's a lot of opportunity. It's a lot of opportunity to make a splash. But I thought the ROH car was it was really it was what it it was good. Um the Dalton Castle Christopher Daniels match I didn't care for. Uh it just it was very slow paced. You knew there was no way in hell Dalton Castle was gonna win. So there was really no intrigue in that match. I wanted to believe he was gonna win. 
Yeah, but there's no way. No. There's no way happening. All right, so that's the indie scene real quick. I mean, there was some evolved cards that I'm actually still watching. Keith Lee was a star on the indie scene this weekend. Um, had some amazing matches. Ricochet killed everything. Yeah, Ricky. Yeah, that was a great match. Um, but let's talk about NXT Takeover. Um, a card that we came into with not a lot of hype was probably the least hype Takeover. Definitely the least hype WrestleMania Takeover, but the least hype Takeover we probably had. Um, but it delivered. Yeah, kind of delivered. I, I thought it was a good card. Um, I'm not sure what you were expecting. The new belts. New belts are kind of dope. I feel like this is a response to Paige just defacing the old women's championship. Wow. I they're didn't just like, yo, we got to get this shit out of here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't even put that together. Possible? Doubtful. I don't know. I'm just um, saying. No, obviously you had to design and order belts well before leak sex tape, but it couldn't have been better timing. Like when you just see Paige just tucking the old women's championship under her chin. Yeah. yeah um, all bad. All bad for that for that belt. And oh, there was a picture of Asuka licking it at some point. Just, you know, mutually exclusive pictures, but it's like, oh, forever unclean. It's all, <laughs> all bad for that one. Um, The new belts are dope. They all kind of look the same. I guess it's giving them that edgy feel. They don't want any, like, colors to them or anything like that, which is cool. Good for the brand. Yeah, the belts were cool. Um, Let's talk about the card. The first match, we had Sanity against the tag team of Ty Dillinger, Roderick Strong, Cassis Ono, and Ruby Riot. I have... Several problems with this match. The oh, addition of several? Ruby, yeah, the addition of Ruby Ryan and Nikki Cross was completely shouldn't happen. They should have had their own match, yeah. in my personal opinion. Ruby Riot is a talented independent wrestler who's now come onto the scene, and she didn't really get to show anything. And her and Nikki Cross, who are both very competent wrestlers, were made to be more like a sideshow in this match. And I felt like it would have been much better if they could have stood on their own. Um, and aside from that, I'm starting to get, you know, I didn't have a problem with Sanity at first, and a lot of people did. I'm starting to get Sanity fatigue because their matches just are kind of the same thing. And this one, it never really kicked into that high gear, and it's partially because the women were, like, interrupting things. Um, Cassius Ono looked great. Uh, but it, it just it, – for it's a take a lot of guys in the ring, man. Yeah, but it, for a takeover pay-per-view, it just didn't – it wasn't the hot start match that I wanted to see. Okay, it didn't set no. the pace. But it was it was okay. Damo had his moments and he got the pin. You know, he looked strong. He was in the battle royal the next day. He looked strong there, so they're building him pretty well. Um, I don't know what you do with him though. Cause to me he's Braun Strowman again. Yeah, essentially. I mean he got tossed in the uh, the battle royal the next night, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. Like, Similar I really characters. Know. Unless you yeah. have a Strowman like character, one on SmackDown, one on Raw. I mean, that could work. Yeah. Brand split helps. I mean, Dillinger took the loss and then, you know, got the call. But I don't like this. This Everybody that's in this match, I don't, I'm don't. i not sure where they're going. No way Jose was pulled for Cassius yeah. Ono. Roddy looked um, good, though. Roddy's looked good in his little spots. Yeah, Roddy looks good. I just need to see him, more personality from Roddy. Yeah. As, you know, in his promos. Because he's, he's a great wrestler. He's always been a really good wrestler. He's a better heel, though. So I don't know where they really go with him. So that match, I was just like, eh. All right. Well, it, was, it wasn't a hot start. The next match, Aleister Black's entrance had me marking out so tough. It was pretty tough entrance, man. Just yeah, the, the rise from the casket. Just, oh, the got the little vest. The music is perfect. That shit's just yeah. dark. He does the flip into the, to the like, Indian style. Just sit there and meditate. It, it's exactly what he did on the indies, but they've taken it to another level. 
Yeah, I mean, the Alistair Black character who was Tommy in, um, the entrance was great. Match, not so much. I felt like this match was really disjointed. I oh, felt like... It was kind of strong. It was stiff. They worked some stiff spots. It was stiff, but it felt like they were... Like, it just felt like it could have been better. Um, and, I, and I don't blame either of them. I just felt like there was not a lot of chemistry between the two. And I feel like Alistair was trying to do a lot more than he should have. At some points, you can kind of see him waiting to pull off moves or what have you. Um, but uh, Cien... I've, I didn't understand why they booked this match because Almas was on a pretty decent winning streak and having good matches. And then for him to lose to Aleister Black kind of resets him again. Yeah, unless um, he starts complaining about losing. That has to be like the angle sooner or later. I, I don't know what they do. I honestly don't know. But I thought this match was good. It just and it didn't kick into a high gear for me. The finish was kind of abrupt. Um, and it Again, a good match, but it felt like another good NXT match. It didn't feel like an NXT takeover match. All right. Um, I'll give you that. The match with only Lorcan was probably just as good for Siang. Yeah. If not exactly. a little better. So I'll give you that. Um, Authors of Pain, DIY, The Revival, amazing tag match. Uh, I guess it kind of got ruined towards the end. Yes. Went with the elimination, but damn, it came. It started off just on fire. Where you're like, yeah. oh, this is great. Arthur's a pain taking bumps that you don't see monster heels take. Everything no. about it was great. The teases, the the tandem moves by DIY and the revival doing each other's moves. Um, yeah, that, that show booking, was incredible. Yeah, whoever the agent was on this match, whoever helped with the booking, it was it was very well booked um, until the elimination of DIY. Um, this is the first time that I've. You know, I'm I'm usually a big advocate for these elimination style matches because I like to see you know who's the last man standing. Not in this case. I would have preferred for the pinfall to win because of the way this match was playing out. Um, the chemistry was so good between, and it's a testament to DIY and the revival, and not a testament to Authors of Pain. I think we're stuck with Authors of Pain as champions. They look good uh, though. I mean, until Heavy Machinery comes and takes it off. Nah, they won't take it off. But I just feel like with with Authors of Pain, it's it's. Uh, you know, I'll talk about this the same way I'll talk about Bobby Root. The work rate isn't there. They're like a good presence, in Bobby Root's case, an excellent character. But as far as his NXT pace, they don't have it. And DIY and Revival carried that entire match. Like they, they handled everything. They were like, we'll take it from here, boys. You just got to stand around, do some bumps, take some bumps. We'll figure it out at the end. As soon as they were eliminated, you could clearly see like at all the momentum, the wind came out of the building. Because the match just wasn't the same anymore. I mean, the Revival might be the best tag team on the planet right now. This not second, not Bucks. resume. This second, <laughs> they are better than the Young Bucks. In terms of like in-ring match chemistry. Match quality right now, better than Young Bucks. And I love the spot fest. Like, yeah, the I, psychology. They, I mean, you might be right, man. I mean, I'm not like, dude. They're I, like the, four for four at this point. You go here's, back to the alpha ones at the pay-per-view. Here's the thing about the revival. There was a time where people were like, which one's Dash and which one's Wilder? I still don't and that, know. And, but now you're just like, I can't even believe that was like a joke. Because everybody looked at them as like a really generic tag team. They're legit. Oh, and yeah. they're made men now. Now they're top guys. <laughs> yep. Yeah, like they, they work themselves. And we'll get into this more, obviously, since we're going in order. But they went from... Fringe SmackDown tag team to Raw main event style tag team. And they worked for it. They worked their way onto the flagship show. It's just crazy. 
No, they uh, they're just that good. They're they're really that good of a tag team. They are. Um, and DIY, they're, they're very good as well. Gargano and Ciampa were just kind of thrown together because they were just two independent guys. On the independent scene, they didn't work together. Um, but yeah, man, I just the future of the tag division, I'm like, eh, I don't really know who challenges off of the pain. It makes it fun. Like they're these guys are fun. I don't I don't know. Mm, I don't know. Uh, heavy machinery is getting the push now. So, I don't see. It, I don't know I if it lasts or or what. I, I don't. I don't see them lasting long. It's they'll be a fun. Like I feel like they're a heel tag team as a babyface tag team. Not so much. Yeah, I mean the babyface tag team was always supposed to be TM six one. So the knee injury kind of set them back. Yeah, I mean they, they're going to have to do something. And they were going to repackage them. So this is good, I guess. They hit the reset yeah. button. They come back. Hopefully, as the mighty don't kneel instead of TM six one. Just give them their whole fucking name back. Um, give them like super dope characters and let them let them rock. Um, yeah. So Until then, out. yeah, I don't think they've signed any other tag teams. They have those two black kids who are like twins. But yeah. I, I don't see much from them. I mean, they're big ass dudes, but I don't know what else you get. No, nah, man, like I said, the future of NXT is kind of rough right now. Oh, um, be fine. I mean, if you say that until they hold a fucking tag team tournament next December and they're stacked. Yeah, but until then, dude, we got, we got. It's a lot. There's a lot of holes out there. Like even, dude, NXT is not appointment viewing every week anymore. Like I watch it, but I'm not like, oh shit, I gotta watch NXT. Like I watch it because I'm like, oh, the network's on, NXT's on. I guess I'll watch it. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's still really good wrestling. It's not. It's not what it was a year ago. But I'm no, not it's sure not nearly as good. It's it's very difficult to have that. No, I mean, <laughs> it, it was like caliber of guys. It was lightning in a bottle, but it's just. And I guess we'll tease it now. Next week, we're going to do our own roster shakeup, but like minor league baseball, where some guys will get sent back to NXT. So you guys will get to listen to us and move guys around the way we feel like they should be moving around, you know, after SmackDown and Raw ruins whatever they're going to do. Uh-oh. <laughs> so let's move on. Asuka and Ember Moon. Uh, See, I, this match to me was just okay. The one we saw was- live was much better than this one. See, and I think I have a rationale for this. I think they're built because they have two baby faces going in this match. They've been trying to turn Oscar heel, but it's proven to be a lot more difficult because she doesn't talk much and she's such a badass in the ring that fans just kind of go, whatever. And, and, you know, she starts going off in the ring and then you're like, she's a baby face, but they're trying to turn her heel. So they had to have her get a cheap win over Ember Moon, who hadn't been pinned before, to build towards the rematch because there's definitely going to be a rematch. And I know you've talked about this whole vacating the title thing. It's not happening. Okay, they so Ember's going to win the title, and then Oscar's going to be up for the draft. Yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely, because Ember Moon, because she needs the rub. Beating Oscar right now um, isn't necessarily the rub. It's still, it's like, especially in a match like this, I think they got to heat up to a better match. And now they have a legitimate feud, because there was no heat going into this match. It was like, I want to wrestle you. You got the title. She's like, come and get it. And then they had a match. Now it was like, bitch, you beat me and you cheated. And, and Oscar's like, I have no competition. Now you have heat. If they start doing weekly stuff, now you got legitimate heat. There was just no heat. So it, the booking makes sense. The match quality wasn't quite there, but I think they're building towards something better. But on a show that I felt like every match could have been better, except for the DIY, for the, the triple threat tag team, this was, again, I felt like this. we needed a, a really good women's match and we got an okay match. Yeah, we got an okay. I mean, this... It it felt like they're in that transition phase. They're in that, yo, I'm trying to get braids, 
but I used to have a Caesar. So now I got this weird ass mini fro. Wow. Type okay. of stage of wrestling. Like everyone has that weird, awkward hair phase. They, even my my white brethren who listen to the podcast, like I have white friends who grow out their hair. That shit looks really weird where you kind of have a bowl cut slash mullet before it really grows long enough. It's in that stage. Um, and they're just trying to get through it. You just you can't close your eyes to it. It's we're getting rid of these guys and they're moving on and they've outgrown us. And then we just bought these guys in. And we have to rock with what we have. And what they have is Asuka and Bobby Roode. And that's it. Everyone else is new. Yeah, well, also Japan, I guess. Um, They're brand new. They started wrestling like four months ago. Yeah, I guess you're right. Um, So then we got the main event, Bobby Roode and Shinsuke Nakamura. And I'm wholeheartedly convinced that we have like two or three versions of Nakamura. And we we haven't come close to the Nakamura that showed up against Sami Zayn. I this match was underwhelming to me as well. Yeah. I, it's uh, too much slow pace, too much psychology. So there's two there's two things that, that happen here. One, I've always said this since the beginning. It was the reason why I said that Rude shouldn't be champion. Now I was wrong because Rude is champion, but he's a good worker, but he's like diet triple H to me. <laughs> it, it's he's a great talker. He has a great look. He has a great gimmick, but his in ring Unless he's being carried by a very, very good performer, it's very um, robotic. Like Triple H is spine buster in the knee. Like he has a box in set of moves. And they're good. They're just not great. And when you're the champ of NXT, which is basically your work rate champion, like the IC title used to be in wrestling, you got to put in put on great matches. Bobby Roode's stealing nobody's show. On the other hand, Nakamura... He has this thing when he's not wrestling at G1, if you watch him in New Japan, where he goes in, like, cruise control. And he has matches, and they're never, like, terrible, but they're never, like, really good either. Like, he, in this match, he, like, forgets to sell his neck for a long time. Like, Bobby Roode's working his neck. And Nakamura's just like, I don't give a fuck. And he's just, <laughs> like, he's, like, shrugging it off. And he's like, I'm going to sell this knee instead. It's like, all right, dude, but you got to, I don't understand why we're doing this. The match itself, it, I mean... I was a little surprised that Rude won because, you know, I've been holding on this thing that Nakamura shouldn't go up, which I was completely wrong about. But Rude won, and I, and when he won, I was like, that's cool. Now what? Like, that was my immediate thought. Who does he face next? Who is the next guy in line to face Bobby Rude? They've established nobody. Is it Drew Galloway? Because now Drew Galloway signed NXT. That dude's a fucking giant. I forget how big he is. Yo, it is. It's crazy, right? But I... I I just don't like this. The I'm not saying the booking has necessarily been bad for NXT. I feel it just has a lot to be desired, and none of these programs, including Bobby Roode, Nakamura, it had they had terrible builds to take over. I don't know what they're doing with weekly television on NXT where they're not building these matches properly. We saw Nakamura face TJ Perkins, and then it was like a bunch of vignettes, and then he had a title match. It was, yeah, this is really weird. I, I well, don't know. This, this is this is the biggest build they have all year. Because this is the most time they have between pay-per-views. Unless they throw another one in. Even if they throw one in, what is it usually? The Japan card? Um, in July, right? The I July like this... 4th? Well, when was the London card last year? Wasn't that last year? Yeah, but that was... That was before SummerSlam. No. Yeah. Because you had because Bailey was on that card. And it was before SummerSlam... Because after SummerSlam was the 
Yeah, I don't remember what it was. The Canada, I think. I'm looking it up right now. December 16, 2015 was London. I knew it was okay. December. Um, then you have Brooklyn. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I'm hmm. not sure if they had one. Um, um yeah, I, I don't think they, they have one during this long ass break. They got to figure out something because the weekly television just hasn't been good. It just has not. But been this much is the build, good. right? This is this is what you build towards. You make it better. You have time. I mean, you, you always want to give people time. They have time. It, I, I get that they have time, but time for what? Like even the fallout, the, the show after NXT Takeover, the WrestleMania, like this past NXT show was boring as hell. Like it wasn't good, and it's like like if you're going to build towards something because I think pre-taping shows is becoming problematic because you spoil everything in advance, and then if you don't have people appear, he's got like four shows with no Bobby Roode or three shows without Oscar. You can't do that. They got to be on every week. It's an hour show. I get it, but I got to see these people. I got to be invested in something that I but care. But that's about. not how it's always been. Now you're just trying to change what made them that. No, 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 no. <laughs> there, were, there were legitimate builds towards these matches prior. Last year, Kevin Owens versus uh, Sami Zayn for the title. There was legit. You saw them or something about them every week. Nakamura Rude, they would just completely ignore for a week. Or they just make a brief mention. Nakamura's working to get his knee back. But that's not building towards a match. Like, nothing in this takeover had a proper build. Nothing. And they had three months. You got nothing. There was no payoff. You weren't invested in any of these matches. Were you? Um, I, I wasn't. <laughs> no, because it they didn't build for a long enough time, and it seems like Royal Rumble was just right there. But, like, if... if they just continue if, everything over from that Rumble takeover. Right, which didn't make any sense to me. Like, I felt like takeover should be the culmination of a lot of these feuds. And now it feels more like a continuation. Granted, Nakamura is now gone. And Oscar Ember Moon, they're going to continue their feud. But the Revival's gone. And I don't know what they're doing with DIY. But Authors of Panic continue to be champs. Like, no title changed hands. It was ba- essentially three heel champions. If you count Oscar, one, which was really strange to me. And I don't, I don't know. This to me, overall, this was just a lackluster pay per view. I was not, I wasn't like, man, I gotta watch this again. I ain't watch this shit again. I'm cool. We can move on. <laughs> well, let's give them time, man. See how everything builds out. I still have faith in NXT. Uh, and then we have Mania, Mania itself. Yeah, uh, I we, thought it started. Yeah. It started strong. It started strong when the show started. Even the pre-show. Why didn't mind Neville? No, no, no. Neville and Aries was pretty good. It was a pretty good match. But that Baron Corbin Dean Ambrose match, trash. Yo, they had a better match on SmackDown this week. Yeah, which is bizarre. Which is like no holds bar match. I was like, I was watching it. I was like, why do this? When you not- highlight how shitty the original one was at WrestleMania, and then you have them top it, like it makes no sense. And it wasn't for the title. Like, Corbin won it. And I was like, he's not the champ? Like, what happened? That's true. I, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> so that that match was bad. The The Memorial Battle Royal is now a gimmick and a joke. Like, it means nothing. Mojo Raleigh's not getting, like, some major push. It, it, was, it was a gimmick to get Gronkowski Gronk. involved. That's it. And the MVP of that match was a security guard who clearly didn't know who Gronk was and why he was climbing over the guardrail and was trying to stop it. Stop him. <laughs> you know that Vince was, was in, our, in someone's ear like, get the, get the hell off of him. 
Yeah. So the pre-show, like, we don't even spend much time on that. I mean, Aries losing, I was a little shocked by that. But again, I feel like Neville's been such an undervalued talent. Like, he's carrying 205 Live on yeah, his back. and they're going to keep that feud going. It's yeah, a keep, feud that deserved more than three weeks. And, and keep the title on Neville. I'm totally fine with Neville being champion for, like, a year. Because he's so good. He's so good as a heel. Nobody else on that roster is ready to take that title off him. Nobody. Aries is close. Um... I, they, can, they can just play no, but they can play hot potato with that belt for all I care. I'm good. Um, and then we have Styles versus Shane O'Mac, match of the night. God. Twenty minutes. Um, it was a good twenty minute match. Yeah, and I know like people. There was people who give me shit on Twitter about this. Or like, ah, you, you are. I'm like, dude, look. I don't care how good the match is. This is not the match that any of us wanted. And the match was solid because of AJ Styles. I'm convinced that AJ Styles can wrestle a grape and, and put over the grape. I, I think so. He's the best in the world. Like, he honest to God, so, he's the best in the world. So this match, like, dude, if anybody's watched this match and thought that anything that Shane did was believable, you're an idiot. Like, his his float over DDT was awkward. Well, AJ triangle. sold everything, though. Yeah, AJ sold to the moon. Like, he made, he made the punches not look that horrible. Well, I mean, Shane's punches are terrible. But this was a good match because AJ carried this match. This was this was the best match on the card, which doesn't even say that much. But in a vacuum, it was a good match. But overall, it's like you can't you can't convince me that Shane McMahon can hang with AJ Styles in any any sense of a of a match that's not has a gimmick attached to it. It was it was weird booking because the, the referee got knocked down and AJ is the one who goes to get the trash can. Why I don't I didn't understand that, but. I guess because this is more spectacle than for any use of logic, this is what we get. Match was good. It was it was it was very good for AJ, but the 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 psychology of it all was completely lost on me. It just didn't make any sense why Shane was hanging in there for so long. You made too much sense of it. Like this is they weren't gonna have a ten minute match. No, this is how AJ Styles rocks. I, I do. I but that's what I'm saying. When I, when I when it was booked, I was like, "This isn't going to be a bad match." But come on, let's be honest. This is not the match that the people wanted to see. No, a, a, AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens. AJ Styles versus anybody. Joe probably- versus Seth versus. Come on, there's there's a whole roster of people we want to see AJ Styles face, and we got time. Um, yeah. So hopefully they they do that. And it seems like now SummerSlam is more of the the big card where you can actually put real ass wrestling on it. I hope so. I, I hold my reservations. I'm not and we have sure. the shakeup, so we never know. Um, right. Styles goes to Raw. That opens a whole lot of possibilities. Very strong possibility that happens, too. It just felt like everything he did on SmackDown was like, so long, SmackDown. It just felt that way. Yeah, and then um, him versus Joe would be incredible. Yeah, which we'll probably get to. Um, so then we, we after we got off of that match, which had the crowd hot, we went to Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho, which I thought was also a very good match. Good match. Some people... I, and I agree with a lot of people that it was like it could have been better. Of course, it could have been better. But how could much ask, time? Like, if, if they had five more minutes, it probably would have been better. But 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 my rationale it stands from the last two weeks. If it was for the universal title, of course, it would have been better. You had all the time in the world. You could have done what you wanted. But they were kind of restricted because this card had so many things on it, and it wasn't a major title. So we got what we got. And Kevin Owens, the one finger on the rope, brilliant. That was Kevin great. Owens, great spot. Dude, there's nobody who does in-ring commentary on their own matches better than Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens. <laughs> the things that he says in his matches, like, he's great. Um, but this was really good. And I don't know where this leads. Uh, could Kevin Owens be coming to SmackDown? I don't know. But uh, 
it was a it was a good match, you know. It, but it seems like it was a good match that's going to lead to a bigger, uh, with higher stakes match. Uh, something something a little bit more violent should be coming down the line. But we'll see. Yeah, and then we go from that into the women's match: Bailey versus Charlotte versus Sasha versus Nia. What an underwhelming match! Underwhelming. They didn't have enough time. It was rushed, especially for an elimination match. Dude, all right. the The main problem with this match is. It didn't matter. Like, if Bailey wasn't champ, Charlotte still had a pay-per-view streak intact. Nia was the hot new kid on the block looking to get the title. And Sasha was wavering between babyface and heel trying to find a way to manipulate a way back into the title, being the champion again. Then I would have been more emotionally invested in this match. But as it stood with Bailey as the champion, Nia getting eliminated first after having a pretty strong showing, Charlotte having really nothing on the line because her pay-per-view streak got broken a nonsensical pay-per-view. This was dumb. Like, and then the match, it just, it was like, all right, cool, whatever. It happened. It was clearly one of the worst title matches that they've had in like the last year, which says a lot about the, that women's division because they've been pretty good at putting on great matches. This, not so much. Yeah, they've had better matches on Raw. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. Uh... I'm not sure how I feel about that. To me, it was underwhelming. Very underwhelming. I, I didn't like it at all. Yeah, so that's something. Hopefully, they get that fixed. Let them have their own feuds. I understand you want to cram everyone in for WrestleMania, but it didn't work with these four. No, it didn't. I thought, it, like, I felt like it would have been better if it was like a ladder match or something. But it, we just weren't emotionally invested. Um, then we talked about. Then we go into the next match, which clearly everybody was mostly invested in uh, the ladder match. They got. So here's my question. We were wondering why a ladder was randomly exactly just introduced into the feud like a week before. Like, yo, you guys just throwing a random fucking ladder in this match? We got our answer. The return of the Hardy Boys. Um, I hate that they're called the Hardy Boys. Yeah, they were more. It was like the Hardy Boys with a sprinkle of the broken. Like it was like <laughs> there was like a little bit of broken, a dash there. of broken. In which yeah. Matt Hardy is still a fucking genius because on Twitter he was like the energy of the crowd subsided. My, he was like my plague for a second, and it's just like yeah, yeah. It's so like, he's still alluding, like no, I'm still broken, like yeah. So clearly that was the biggest pop of the night, the Hardys coming back, and and the, the entire all those people yelling delete, which should be in like on Raw, fuck that owl. But uh, it really should make TNA feel like jackasses because <laughs> they they've really botched this one, and I guess they can't afford it. I don't know what it is, but. Dude, the Hardys are pretty over, guys, and they immediately insert into the picture and they immediately take the titles. And I've mentioned this on Twitter and it got retweeted and people said, agree with me. I felt like it was Enzo and Cass's time and the Hardys came in like LeBron on the chase down block and deleted the <laughs> shit out of that opportunity. That is exactly what happened. Oof. Enzo and Cass the week before is like, yeah, we're finally chasing gold. And then Vince knocks on the door like, um, by the way, we signed the Hardys. You guys are going to be in a ladder match. No more titles. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> and walks out. She's and not like, only that, they're like pushed out of the title picture because it's going to Cesaro and Sheamus because they won the tag team match on Raw. Yeah. So they've been completely shoved out of the title picture. So it's like their storybook moment probably won't happen until like next year. Listen, they got to take one for the team. The Hardys put in time for this. Like, I just want to see them broken. We'll or see. maybe, you know, maybe they tell a revised version of the broken story because you can't assume that everyone in the audience knows it, you know? No, so maybe, they, have to, they have to fix it. Yeah, maybe Vince just wants it to play out on his television. Um, which is cool. 
I'm, I'm down yeah. for that. And we'll then see. let's see. We have Cena and Nikki Bella versus Miz and Maurice. It's blah, pretty blah, much blah. that's an engagement. Did you see that ring though? Yeah, that's the first thing I said. I said, God damn that rock. I was like, look at this thing. Like, look, the match, it was what it was. Miz was incredibly over, which is a testament to how much people appreciate his improvements as a talent and as a mouthpiece. He's so good. Um, but yeah, the match was blah. The ring was incredible. And Cena and Nikki are doing exactly what the Miz and Murray said they were going to do, and they're going to disappear. When you proposed, how big was the ring? Was the ring, like, knockout big? Like No, no. I proposed years ago. So I didn't I – didn't, This is, like, a, pre-BET, Andreas? Yeah. I mean, I still was making good money, and we had a nice house and everything. But, no. I mean, it pales in comparison to what we just saw. Yeah, so, you're very low-key anyway. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, fuck, that ring was huge. Good for John Cena and Nikki Bell. And people are like, yo, he could buy like 12 of those rings. That was nothing. Oh, yeah. Nah, that shit, that was light work. And it was probably free because it was on television. Yeah, that's true. Um, Seth Rollins versus Triple H. Match went too Ooh. long. Yeah, it was, it was a long, self-indulgent Triple H match. Yeah. And it's, I mean. It's the, the longest match of the night. And there's no, no reason. reason for that. For no reason. And then the stipulation. Um. It was a no DQ match. Not whatever. <laughs> um, but the, the thing that stood out to me most, which I, I've been yelling about on Twitter for weeks, Samoa Joe didn't even show up. Why? Why do we even bring him to Raw for him to do nothing at WrestleMania in a non-sanctioned match? He didn't even come out. I, I didn't understand this. I also didn't understand the logic when they were outside the ring. And they were, like, doing some spot, and Triple H went and grabbed the sledgehammer to do nothing with it. What the fuck was that about? Minor tease to the sledgehammer? I don't know. It was just, like, to get a rise out of the crowd and be like, psych, we're never using this. I was like, okay. Um, yeah, this match went too long. I'm glad Seth Rollins won. Hopefully, maybe he goes to SmackDown. I don't know what's about to happen, but I'm glad this feud is over. I was looking forward to this, too. It just it, it sucked the air right out of that building. Yeah, And, and I was, was at home, like, ugh. Then we Was get it? Randy Orton versus Bray, Bray Wyatt. Only 10-minute match. Um, I like the weird-ass graphics on the match. Uh, this match was terrible. I love all, like, fucking mystical, wishy-washy stuff. I, I thought that was dope. Um, the match could have been better. The ma- Dude, everything about this. I've been griping about this since it started. Because uh, before Randy Orton joined the Wyatt family, they had a feud, if people remember, and nobody cared. So they had to make this a bigger feud by making Randy part of the Wyatt family. And then we had this goofy-ass match with this dumb-ass finish and these silly-ass graphics. And then we took the damn title off of Bray Wyatt. What was Wyatt, the point of Wyatt ending? actually worked very strong during that match, though. For 10 minutes? But what was and the point? And then Orton got him for 30 seconds. He caught him with an RKO. That was it for Orton. This That's was, all he did. This was such a horribly put-together match. Like, the, the, the mind games, quote-unquote. So Okay, so here's the thing. So, Kelly, if you're laying down on the floor and I put a projection of, like, maggots around you in a projection, you can't see them because you're on the floor. Okay. I believe he was trying to get up from the floor and saw the maggots. And, two, my mind is blown because how do you get the maggots on the mat without having a shadow around Randy Orton? Well, whatever they Riddle did. Riddle me this. The mat turned into maggots. It had to be projected from the bottom up because everything was completely covered. 
That's the shit you don't think about, huh? Genius. The shit, the shit that I don't care about. Watching the referee roll out of the ring every time they had a projection and he had to roll his ass back into the ring. Did you notice that? The referee would, like, leave? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought he was scared. I thought he was having no. it up. Dude, this match is so goofy. And the fact that this feud is continuing makes me sick. Um, and I hated it. I, I Maybe not like for zero. long, though. Maybe not for long. I don't know. We'll see no. with the shakeup. The shakeup, they, they won't touch these two. They won't. They This, ugh. Uh, one of them, somebody from this circle has to go. Luke Harper has to go. Somebody got to go. But this this match was trash. You want to talk the, trash? Lesnar Goldberg. This match wasn't trash. Lesnar Goldberg. It wasn't trash. It had it was, four moves. It, but it, it was, was better than what you anticipated. That does not Absolutely. make it not trash. It makes it better than Orton versus Wyatt. That's for goddamn sure. I don't know. <laughs> this shit, this shit like, is a generous four minutes. Like, I legit laughed the entire match. Like, I sat on my couch and was howling because I knew it was much better than I expected it to be, which is not much, but it was like two guys. It's like two kids playing video games, and one they're playing Street Fighter, and one's like Ryu, and the other one's Ken, and one does a fireball, and one does like the, the all-you-can uppercut, and that's the only fucking moves they know. Yep, and then you occasionally you get the little spinny kick. Yeah, like they spam that shit. <laughs> and I was entertained by it. Like I was like, okay, cool. Because I wished it wasn't for the title, but it was far more entertaining than them going long like that I expected them to with like a four minute stare down. They just went right to it and they got out of there. And I was fine with that. Like, look, I was I thought it was much better than like I was more invested and the crowd clearly was more invested in this match than they were Wyatt and Orton. Yeah, because like, it was a it was quick. It was fast paced. Quick and hard hitting. It was like not to, you know, people be like, get out of here. But it was like the Hagler Hearns of, like, wrestling matches. It was quick. It was violent. And it ended. That's, and, and I was, I'm good with that. It didn't linger too long. There wasn't any, like, specialty bullshit. There was, like, three or four moves. Like, one knee that Goldberg threw in there. And it was over. Shouldn't have been for the title, though. I don't care what anybody says. And then never- we have Women's SmackDown's championship match. Naomi show, pretty much. Um, it was all about Naomi, so. Yeah, I thought they were going to get cut, but they made it <laughs> Naomi once. It's only a five-minute match. <laughs> um, Roman Reigns versus Undertaker. Roman goes clean. Ugh. This this match, and I'm not saying ugh because Roman Reigns won. Yeah, you kinda, are. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm saying ugh because this match was bad. Well, Undertaker's body can't do it anymore. There were just there were really awkward spots in this match. It was very slow-paced. And for like a seven-hour WrestleMania, this is the worst match you could possibly put on last. Like, yeah. I get it, what you were trying to do for the sentimental value of Undertaker leaving it all in the ring. And they did that. And But he just, it just wasn't a good match. No, but the exit and, you know, leaving the gloves in the ring, MMA yeah, style, yeah, yeah. and the jacket, and then going down um, and the but little elevator were, shit. No, people were so tired. They wanted to get the hell out of there. Like, it was, dude. That, that shit's late on go- the East Coast. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you got kids that got to go to school Monday morning, they ain't going to school Monday morning. Yeah, nah. That's a, that's a long night. Too long. The match was. I didn't. I didn't particularly care for the match. Um, Roman's a better wrestler than a lot of people give him credit for, including myself. But this just it didn't click. He's a good wrestler, it, just not a good character. But it's just He's learned how to wrestle. But it, it, this match just didn't click. I, I was like, whatever. The exit yeah. was great. Thankful. I mean, hopefully, this is truly the end of Undertaker. But uh, yeah, this yeah, it should have been. I get why it's main event because you couldn't put Lesnar on there as main event. 
Uh, Ryan Wharton would have shit the entire bed if they would have put that on last. But uh, yeah, this didn't do it for me. No, me either. Um, Now we go to the Raw after Mania. Looks like we're getting Reigns versus Lesnar. But when are we getting the Reigns versus Lesnar? Not until SummerSlam, it looks like, because first they're going to play up uh, Braun Strowman versus Lesnar, which is probably his next pay-per-view date. I have this sinking feeling that they could hypothetically try to push this to WrestleMania as the only two guys that beat The Undertaker. Oh, and headline next year's WrestleMania? That would mm-hmm. be four in a row for Reigns? I mean, is, do you really expect Reigns not to headline the next WrestleMania? Yes, please, God, with all the other talent. See no, 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 if is going to come and fucking kick McMahon in the testicles. <laughs> you're begging for it, but you don't believe that Roman Reigns is not going to headline WrestleMania. You, you, you would err on the side of Costin that he's probably going to headline the next WrestleMania. Yeah, I'm not betting my fucking life on it. <laughs> so so it depends. So if they do this feud at WrestleMania... Where they do it at SummerSlam. It's the only two guys that beat Undertaker at WrestleMania. Correct. There's your angle. So, yeah, yuck. However, kudos for the opening segment of Raw. Because, good Lord, that crowd was on fire. And, and, and Reigns is, he's a better man than me. Shit. They were giving Reigns the business. That, <laughs> it wasn't like, it was fuck you, Roman, like asshole shit. Like, dude, that crowd was relentless. And all he says is my yard lounge left. And I, I can't even tell if he's a heel or a baby face. I don't know what the hell happened. But I thought it was great. <laughs> I, he didn't have to say anything else. I thought it was a really, really great way to start off well. Yeah. I mean, the way it ended the night before with the booze, McMahon just loves any reaction. And he says it publicly. There's no such thing as a bad reaction as long as there's a reaction. And to keep Roman Reigns as the chosen one, McMahon's puppet, uh, is probably the best way to make him a heel. Honestly, yeah. if he turned heel, there'll be so many people happy that he'd lose heat. The only way to keep the heat on him and keep him getting booed and, you know, just hated in every arena is by doing this. Give yeah. him every opportunity in the book. So I enjoyed that. Um, Rob, aside from that, was kind of uneventful. Uh, not a lot happened. No, uh, Finn we'll- came back at the end. So... I guess we can fast forward to that because it's really this Kurt Angle got named general manager. We'll see how that works out. Um, the oh, Hardys won. Yeah, but then we got the new tag team, the Revivals. Yes, the Revival came in and completely handed the New Day their ass, which was fantastic. I thought it was the best way you could start off with the Revival. That was great. Great call up. We'll see. Hopefully, they don't turn into the goddamn Vod villains. Um, but going to the Finn thing was way too predictable. Uh, the moment that Jericho got put out of that match and they was like, oh, we'll find you somebody, you knew it was going to be Balor. Oh, yeah. And even when they, even when you found out it was Balor, which it was great, he had the interest and everything, I just had a hard time digesting that Finn Balor is like, yeah, I'm going to tag with you. You broke my fucking shoulder six months ago. We're <laughs> cool. Like, I just thought it was odd. And I get WWE book and want you to forget about that when people turn babyface. But I, that's just... It's just one of those things that stuck with me. I was like, eh, I want him to Finn turn heel. Because everybody expected him to come back. There was no surprise in Finn returning. The surprise would have been if he would have turned heel on Rollins and formed a stable with Joe and Kevin Owens. Yeah, which but, could still happen. Yeah, it won't happen now. I mean, we saw um, the pairing. You never know. You don't know how this is going to play out. He might turn uh, on Owens. I mean, he I might turn on, on Rollins. So it, it's still we'll a see. possibility. It's up in the air. Um yeah, so that, I mean, yeah, like you said, not too much on Raw. A couple call-ups, uh, the return of Emma, 
as regular as Emma or heel Emma. <laughs> the same Emma that we were left with. I mean, yeah. they, they repackaged her to be herself. That was smart. All right. Um, and then we have SmackDown after Mania, which was much better. No, it wasn't. SmackDown was a shitty show. It wasn't a shitty show. That Dude, that show sucked. AJ Styles, the knock debut. Even though I understand your point, um, we talked about this, like I think, in our wrestling group chat, where it made no sense to come out against The Miz and not say anything. Dude, all right. SmackDown sucked, right? Here's why. It, like, it sucked. There was no good wrestling on SmackDown. I mean, we had Corbin and Ambrose, but nobody was invested in that shit. And you had uh, Naomi and Alexa Bliss. And then you had that horrible tag team match with the return of Eric Roman for no good goddamn reason. And Bray Wyatt against Randy Orton and Luke Harper, which is another thing that I'm just like, Luke's just rolling with Randy Orton now? He got you kicked out of the family? Now y'all cool? I don't understand There's any There's going to be shit. another turn. Wait for it. You're so unless impatient them, now. Un- unless one of them goes to Raw. You're so which impatient. Which I think might Dude, I'm impatient for a reason. This don't make it. Th- dude, nobody cared about this tag team match. Nobody cares. Now they're going to do what? The House of Horrors? Oh, my God. Like, uh, we really got to wait for this pay-per-view? And that pay-per-view is not until May. The middle of May. Oh, that's deep. So well, I got to sit here. Yeah, it's I a gotta, long build. You want long builds. Not for this. Not for a feud oh, that I nah, didn't like. Now you're being picky. Place. I'm not being picky. I'm being honest. This feud sucks. It's It's been terrible. It been, dude, it's, it's not a good feud. Oh, let's not disrespect been. my boy Ty Dillinger and his debut. Yes, Ty was great. We're going over on Kurt Hawkins. Although, I had a problem with how they brought out Ty Dillinger. They could have like counted down to 10, and then he came out. Instead of just going 10, and he just comes out. Build towards it. Give me something. <laughs> but, dude, the Nakamura thing, The Miz comes out, dresses John Cena, and uh, Maurice is Nikki. Which is hilarious. Could, which is hilarious, because for a minute there, I was like, is that John? Posture. Everything The Miz did was great. But... Knock interrupts them and does nothing and then leaves. That's it. And misses miss them. Just, so it was like the weirdest debut. Dude, SmackDown sucked. SmackDown was not a good SmackDown. It was like they could have did that same show in like 30 minutes. Hey, it's Dillinger. Hey, it's Nakamura. And Hey, we're out. A- yeah, well, AJ shakes hands with Shane, basically says, so long SmackDown. Because the moment he said, I'm not leaving SmackDown, I was like, AJ, you're leaving SmackDown. That was pretty <laughs> obvious. So – I, and then that tag, the tag match with the ugh, that SmackDown, ugh, I don't know. It wasn't a good. It was not a good post Mania show, in my opinion. It was only good because we had call ups. That's all I look forward to in these things. Just show me the call ups. I look towards great angles. Like they gave me nothing. Like I after SmackDown ended, I'm, I was looking at. It, I was like, well, what am I supposed to do next week? Nothing here is continuing except for Orton and Wyatt. Yeah, I don't know who's feuding with who, but I'm interested in finding out. I guess. Yeah, so everything else we got to build and we got to wait for, man. That was a, that was our full Mania Weekend recap. Um, NXT is going to have a slow build. Everything else as well. Andreas will get over it. And somehow we'll end up at SummerSlam and he'll be like, man, we got to go. No. Because we'll get some of the matchups we want. Yeah, you Maybe. Will. You might cave. Maybe. I just Randy Orton's not a, a top babyface. He shouldn't be carrying the title on SmackDown unless he was a heel. Yeah, we'll I see. Listen, we got time. We got time. Let's reserve our judgments for the shakeup. Next week, we'll have our own shakeup on the show. Um, we'll talk about what actually happens in the real one, where we would put people who would get demoted to NXT, who would come Bye, up. Apollo. So long, Apollo Crews. Back to NXT, you go. <laughs> oh, just spoiler alerted it all the way. <laughs> 
So Andreas wants to give it to Apollo Cruz. I, I second that. Um, so yeah, we're going through all of that next week. Thank you guys for joining us on the show. Make sure you follow us on social media at the corner LSN on everything. I'm at Kel Dansby on every platform. He is at Andreas Hale on everything as well. That's our show for this week. Until next week, we're out. Peace.